Thank you, Pastor Gavin. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Oh, I thought you guys were sleeping there. If you got your Bibles tonight, we're going to be turning to the book of Acts, uh, chapter 6, reading verse 25 to 26. If you're there, say amen. Praise God. Acts, Acts 16, sorry. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 16. The Bible reads, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. With the help of the Lord tonight, I want to speak to us on this statement, when I worship. Why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, Father, we magnify you, Lord. We give you praise, honor, and worship in this place, Lord. God, we count it a privilege and an honor, Lord, to be able to come into thy holy presence. Lord, to be able, mighty God, to invite you, Lord, in our circumstance, in our situation. That God, you are able to move and minister to your people, Lord. I pray tonight, Lord, as your word goes forth in this place, God, that it would encourage somebody today. The Lord, you enable us and empower us, God, to be the people that you have called us to be. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. When I worship. What is worship? What does it mean? Worship, by definition, means to give reverence. And reverence simply means to have high esteem, high regard, great respect, appreciation, recognition towards something or someone. Worship cannot merely be demonstrated by words alone. So gestures and other things are incorporated together to show how much reverence we have towards that thing or someone. One of the common and biggest gestures is bowing down. Demonstrating how high and above this thing or someone is compared to us. The Bible tells us that all things were created by God and for God. And all things were created for his glory. And how does God get the glory? God gets the glory by being worshipped and reverenced. That glory alone belongs to God and him alone. Isaiah 42 and 8, God explicitly tells us that I am the Lord and that is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, neither my praise to grieving images. Praise, which is halal in Hebrew, means to shine. To make one to shine or praiseworthy, to be exalted. Praise is incorporated with the utterance of sound. That is why we sing, we shout, we clap our hands, we use instruments to enhance our demonstration of making one to shine. And that is Jesus. When we worship or praise God, we send out an invitation, as it were, for God to meet with us. While creating an atmosphere for the presence of God to manifest. Psalms 22 and 3 says to us, But thou art holy, speaking of God, all that inhabits the praises of Israel. When the glory of God begins to manifest, everything gets affected. When the supernatural manifests, the natural has no choice but to react to the glory of God. In Exodus chapter 34, when God met with Moses on Mount Sinai, Moses worshipped and pleaded before God. 
on behalf of the Israelites as they rebelled against him. And in, in his interaction with God, Moses asked God to show him his glory. And God told Moses, I cannot allow you to see my face or my glory. In, in doing so, you will die, for no man has seen my face and lived. But this thing I will do that I will cover you and I will walk past you and I will allow you to see my back parts. Such was the manifestation of the glory of God that after 40 days being up in the mountain, when Moses came down, the Bible tells us that his skin was glowing. It was radiating the presence of the Lord. That is why sometimes when we are in the presence of God, we can begin to cry and weep or feel overwhelmed with this feeling that we cannot quite describe. When God's presence is manifest, something has to give. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. There is peace that surpasses all understanding. There is refuge. There is strength. There is perfect love that casts out all fear. Worship is very important in our lives. It's essential for our Christian walk. And I hope tonight that someone understands the revelation that our worship to God transcends beyond the physical gestures that we make. But something powerful happens when we worship. When we worship, we begin to change. Our mindsets begins to shift. Our circumstances and situation can sometimes be changed. Our worship is powerful. Our worship is powerful. It's so powerful that it confuses the enemy. And we, great, we have this great example in the book of Job when Satan caused havoc in Job's life. And Satan came before God and he said, and God told Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And then Satan was like, well, yeah, Job is a good man. You know, he loves you, he worships you. But I reckon that if you bring about havoc and take everything that Job have, I promise you that he will turn against you. And so God was confident of the challenge and he said, all right, do what you think is right to do. And so Satan went and he stripped of everything that Job had. And so Satan, when he had done all this, waited in anticipation for the normal human reaction. After such a devastating loss, it was only natural for Job in that moment of being devastated and lost. It's only natural for that loss to soon turn into bitterness. It was only natural for the bitterness to turn into anger and anger into blame and soon curse God. But Job chapter 1 and verse 20 tells us that Job reacts differently to what the enemy anticipated. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked I will return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not. No, charge God foolishly. Satan was confused. What do you mean? This isn't normal. I've done this so many times and every human being that I've done this to, they have reacted in the same way that I anticipated them to. Where they get up and they get angry and they get bitter and they blame God and they curse God. Why would you allow this to happen in my life? And so when Satan met up with God again, God said so. Satan says, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Give me one more chance. Let me touch his body. I swear if you put sickness in his body, 
He will turn against you. He's going to curse you. And so God said, all right, go ahead. And so certain did that again. And we see that Job didn't waver from worshiping the Lord. And the enemy miserably failed with his attempts. The enemy was confused because his method worked since the beginning. It worked on so many people. But Job was different because Job was a worshiper. Worship didn't stop Job's suffering. But rather it changed Job's perspective on his circumstance. Job could have easily done the easiest thing and that is to blame and curse God. But instead he realized that the only way to get through this grief was to worship. And while worshiping, Job began to change. Even though his situation didn't change, he soon realized that the Lord is the one that gives, it is the Lord that taketh away. That everything he had in life was not his to begin with, but it all belonged to God. We must worship, in, we must worship God in all aspects of our lives, but more so when life throws a curveball at us. Worship opens the door and invites God into the situation. And when God steps in, either we will change or the situation will change, or sometimes both will change. Worship is turning to God and exalting Him above our circumstances and our situation. There is nothing more the enemy and our flesh would like to see, but you and I feeling defeated, overwhelmed by the seasons of life, bitter and twisted about things. But worship transcends beyond our human reasoning and understanding. Why? Because worship, even though it is expressed physically, it's a spiritual thing. Romans 8, 6 tells us, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it opposes the laws of God. It's neither subject to the law of God, neither can be indeed. That is why sometimes we find it hard to worship because we sometimes try to logically process our worship to God. I can't worship because I'm too tired. I can't worship because I'm overwhelmed by anxiety and all manner of thoughts. I can't worship because I don't feel like it. David, after being refused to fight in a battle, him and his men were sent back to their homes by the Philistines, only to find it burnt to ashes and their families taken captive by the Amalekites. We pick up the story in Samuel chapter 30 and verse 3. The Bible tells us that David... And his men came to the city, and behold, it was burnt with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself. And the Lord, his God. While everyone else was weeping and crying and angry, looking for someone to blame. And when all eyes slowly turned towards David, David did the only thing he knew to do. And that was to worship. I am sure some of them began to question, are you seeing what, am I, what I am seeing? Why are you worshiping? What difference will this make? We have lost everything. My son is gone. My wife and my daughters are taken away. And who knows where? What difference will worship 
do? What difference will worshiping God do? I have come to tell somebody tonight that worship makes all the difference. It doesn't matter what makes sense to the natural man. I know that the carnal mind cannot process, but when all is said and done and when there is nothing more to do, worship is all that we have. Worship is the all that we can do. Come on, somebody. When you have lost everything, you got to worship God. We have to worship God despite what we're feeling, despite the circumstance that we're going through. Worship is the key to your deliverance. Worship is the key to your peace that surpasses all understanding. It is the key to the fullness of joy. We have to worship God regardless of what's going on. We cannot try to understand it. And it was difficult for the man to see David beginning to worship. Oh, praise be the Lord, my God, for he keepeth me. It is the Lord who keeps me. When he begins to dance before the Lord, and knowing David, I'm sure, he began to dance, I'm sure. He began to start jumping up and down and started to magnify God. But to the other man, it seemed like David had gone crazy. But David knew that the situation was beyond his control. And that the only person that was able to bring about a deliverance and a victory was his God. And so he began to invite God in his situation. He began to worship and magnify him. And if you read the rest of the story, you soon find out that David didn't allow the feeling of being defeated. And the sense of loss get the better of him. But rather he turned to God. He turned to the one that was able to give him peace in the situation. He turned to the one that was able to turn the circumstance around. God stepped in and gave him and his men the victory over the Amalekites and restored everything and everyone that was taken captive. There is power in our worship. It's not about how we feel, but rather it's about who he is. Even though I cannot feel it or it does not make sense, we have to worship God and invite him in our situation. Silas and Paul's crime was preaching the gospel and delivering a young maiden that was demon-possessed. As punishment, they were beaten with lashes and thrown into the innermost part of the prison with shackles on their feet. And in the midnight hour, instead of focusing on the pain and the discomfort, they, they simply began to worship. Instead of trying to find a comfortable position where the pain was tolerable, they began to worship. Instead of getting some sleep and slipping through the pain, they chose to worship. And while they worshiped, while they sang praises to God, God stepped in and the situation changed. Acts 16 and 25 tells us that at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake. But the foundation of the prison were taken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm. For we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang it and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, 
what must I do to be saved? The musicians will come. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. What was supposed to be a devastating end in their missionary field turned into a victory. Then not only did just one man get saved, but his, all of his house was saved. Why? Because of one simple decision. Even though I am in pain, God, even though my back is bleeding and I am uncomfortable, and all I want to do is just get some decent sleep, God, you are worthy, Jesus. That all everything that you have done for us, it's worth it. It's worth the pain. It's worth being beaten. It's worth it being put in prison. Because you are worthy, Jesus. All that Paul and Silas did was worship. They didn't know that the prison guard was going to get saved. They didn't know that that very night they were going to baptize many people in the name of the Lord. What seems to be a Lord Brock in their mission field. An open door took place. There is power in your worship. There is power in your worship. Don't ever underestimate your worship. When everything is going wrong, we ought to turn around and begin to worship God. Even though it does not make sense to the carnal mind. Even though it does not make sense to the natural man. Even when we don't feel like it, God is worth the worship. God is worth it. And I am not talking about mediocre worship. The Bible tells us that when we, God calls, and the time is that true worshipers will worship Him in spirit and in truth. I remember several years ago when I got robbed at knife point and was tied up and taken by the robber and he really shook my life and he turned my life upside down because I've never been so traumatized in my life. That night I prayed my last prayer because I didn't know that I was going to live to see the light of day. But the Lord was able to move in all that situation and all that took place that night and I came out of it unharmed. I remember after the whole situation had come down and I made all reports to the police. I was in prayer and my flesh was angry. The enemy was telling me, oh, would you allow God to do that to you? And all I wanted was revenge. All I wanted to do was to get even. And I just heard the Lord tell me, don't listen to those thoughts, just worship. And so in that bedroom where everything took place, I just began to worship the Lord and just magnify him with his goodness and his keeping hands and his deliverance. And something just moved in my heart like a scale had broken off. And in that hour, God said, you need to pray for your oppressor. You need to pray for him. And I began to pray and, uh, and ask God to forgive me for holding a grudge and trying to ask God to put vengeance upon this man. But I prayed over his soul and that one day he would get saved. That the most powerful thing that's ever happened to me. 
is that when we allow God to come into our situation, he's able to change it. And God changed me. He changed my heart. He changed my mind. And being able to pray for somebody that's done such a horrific thing to you, it's only God's doing. Because we know what the natural response is to be. If you would stand tonight. Why don't we just begin to worship the Lord? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know who this message is for, but God wants to bring about deliverance. God wants to bring about healing in this hour. If you would only choose this very night to worship him and magnify him and give him the praise. And turn all your attention to him and magnify him above your circumstance. And I magnify him above your situation. God is able to do all things. Is able to do exceedingly above all the which we can ask or think. Oh, imagine. Hallelujah, Jesus.